Chapter Eight of Explanation of Catholic Morals. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Explanation of Catholic Morals by John H. Stapleton. Capital Sins. You can never cure a disease till you get at the seat or root of the evil. It will not do to attack the several manifestations that appear on the surface the aches and pains and attendant disorders you must attack the affected organ cut out the root of the evil growth and kill the obnoxious germ there is no other permanent remedy until this is done all relief is but temporary and if we desire to remove the distemper of sin similarly it is necessary to seek out the root of all sin we can lay our finger on it at once it is inordinate self-love ask yourself why you broke this or that commandment it is because it forbade you a satisfaction that you coveted a satisfaction that your self-love imperiously demanded or it is because it prescribed an act that cost an effort and you loved yourself too much to make that effort examine every failing little or great and you will trace them back to the same source if we thought more of god and less of ourselves we would never sin the sinner lives for himself first and for god afterwards strange that such a sacred thing as love the source of all good may thus by abuse become the fountain-head of all evil perhaps if it were not so sacred and prolific of good its excesses would not be so unholy but the higher you stand when you tumble the greater the fall so the better a thing is in itself the more abominable is its abuse love directed aright towards god first is the fulfilment of the law love misdirected is the very destruction of all law yet it is not wrong to love oneself that is the first law of nature one and one only being the maker are we bound to love more than ourselves the neighbor is to be loved as ourselves and if our just interests conflict with his if our rights and his are opposed to each other there is no legitimate means but we may employ to obtain or secure what is rightly ours the evil of self-love lies in its abuse and excess in that it goes beyond the limits set by god and nature that it puts on justly our interests before god's and the neighbor's and that to self it sacrifices them and all that pertains to them self the ego is the idol before which all must bow self-love on an evil day in the garden of eden wedded sin satan himself officiating under the disguise of a serpent and she gave birth to seven daughters like unto herself who in turn became fruitful mothers of iniquity haughty pride first-born and queen among her sisters is inordinate love of one's worth and excellence talents and beauty sordid avarice or covetousness is excessive love of riches loathsome lust is the third and loves carnal pleasures without regard for the law fiery anger a counterpart of pride is love rejected but seeking blindly to remedy the loss bestial gluttony worships the stomach 
green-eyed envy is hate for wealth and happiness denied finally sloth loves bodily ease and comfort to excess the infamous brood these parents of all iniquity are called the seven capital sins they assume the leadership of evil in the world and are the seven arms of satan as it becomes their dignity these vices never walk alone or go unattended and that is the desperate feature of their malice each has a cortege of passions a whole train of inferior minions that accompany or follow once entrance gained and a free hand given there is no telling the result once seated and secure the passion seeks to satisfy itself that is its business certain means are required to this end and these means can be procured only by sinning obstacles often stand in the way and new sins furnish steps to vault over or implements to batter them down intricate and difficult conditions frequently arise as the result of self-indulgence out of which there is no exit but by fresh sins hence the long train of crimes led by one capital sin towards the goal of its satisfaction and hence the havoc wrought by its untrampled working in a human soul this may seem exaggerated to some others it may mislead as to the true nature of the capital sins unless it be dearly put forth in what their malice consists capital sins are not in the first place in themselves sins they are vices passions inclinations or tendencies to sin and we know that a vice is not necessarily sinful our first parents bequeathed to us as an inheritance these germs of misery and sin we are all in a greater or lesser degree prone to excess and to desire unlawful pleasures yet for all that we do not of necessity sin we sin when we yield to these tendencies and do what they suggest the simple proneness to evil devoid of all wilful yielding is therefore not wrong why because we cannot help it that is a good and sufficient reason these passions may lie dormant in our nature without soliciting to evil they may at any moment awake to action with or without provocation the sight of an enemy or the thought of a wrong may stir up anger pride may be aroused by flattery applause or even compliments the demon of lust may make its presence known and felt for a good reason for a slight reason or for no reason at all gluttony shows its head at the sight of food or drink etc he who deliberately and without reason arouses a passion and thus exposes himself imprudently to an assault of concupiscence is grievously guilty for it is to trifle with a powerful and dangerous enemy and it betokens indifference to the soul's salvation suggestions seductions allurements follow upon the awakening of these passions when the array of these forces comes in contact with the will the struggle is on it is called temptation warfare is the natural state of man on earth without it the world here below would be a paradise but life would be without merit in this unprovoked and righteous battle with sin the only evil to be apprehended is the danger of yielding 
but far from being sinful the greater the danger the more meritorious the struggle it matters not what we experience while fighting the enemy imagination and sensation that solicit to yielding anxiety of mind and discouragement to all this there is no wrong attached but merit right or wrong depends on the outcome every struggle ends in victory or defeat for one party and in temptation there is sin only in defeat a single act of the will decides it matters not how long the struggle lasts if the will does not capitulate there is no sin this resistance demands plenty of energy a soul inured to like combats and an ample provision of weapons of defence faith hatred of sin love of god prayer is essential flight is the safest means but is not always possible humility and self-denial are an excellent even necessary preparation for assured victory no man need expect to make himself proof against temptation it is not a sign of weakness or if so it is a weakness common to all men there is weakness only in defeat and cowardice as well the gallant and strong are they who fight manfully manful resistance means victory and victory makes one stronger and invincible while defeat at every repetition places victory farther and farther beyond our reach success requires more than strength it requires wisdom the wisdom to single out the particular passion that predominates in us to study its artifices and by remote preparation to make ourselves secure against its assaults the leader thus exposed and its power for evil reduced to a minimum it will be comparatively easy to hold in check all other dependent passions End of chapter 8